Sorry, I only brought one tonight. That's when you know you raised them up good. Two buckets coming up. Anyway, I just want to thank Pastor Pa for holding everything down while I was gone. I don't know where he is. Where are you at, young man? He's somewhere. He's not in here. I was going to wish him a happy birthday, too, but he's not in here. As soon as he gets in, we'll shout out to him. But I am also so excited to have our very own missionaries in Arizona. We have Mike and Debbie Fox. Stand on up, everybody. Those. Yeah! Woo! Welcome to Arizona. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm just a joy. You'll see them coming and going. They have a lot of things God's having them do and family across town and lots of that. But as long as they're here, we're going to love and honor our missionaries. Amen? And uh, you'll see them praying for people. And how many know if they raise the dead, I want them to be praying for people. And if you miss their testimonies, they're raising the dead and what God's called them to do. So very excited and blessed to have you all in Arizona. Our state just got a little richer, didn't it? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. A little bit more anointing in it. But anyway, I'm glad to be home. I had such a wonderful trip. I got to spend some days with my family and that brand new little great niece of mine and her chunky little thighs. I just... Uh, you just can't get enough of the babies, can you? When you, have, it's just like you just can't get enough of them. And so I was definitely a baby hog while I was there, and there was no shame in my game. I just took that baby because I knew I was coming home, and they had her all the time. So, And then my sister-in-law and family, we got to go to a wonderful conference in St. Louis, a wonderful church there, Faith City Church, and it was just a wonderful time. But it's always good to be home, amen? And while I was on my trip... Uh, just going and coming home, I had time on the plane, and I just really felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit in my heart um, as your pastor, and really what God is about to do in this church. He's already doing so many incredible things, and we have saw such a move of God over the last couple years, amen. God's been so good to us. But I feel this moving of the Holy Spirit in a, in a supernatural way, that God is going to begin to visit our church with signs, wonders, and miracles. And that we're going to have an anointing of evangelism hit our church. And so I'm going to be talking a lot on winning the loss and how to win the loss because it's been a few years of building and getting a strong foundation. And with the changing of the guards, it's been just allowing God to build on that. But now it's time to do work for Jesus. Amen. It's time to build his kingdom here on earth. And I believe that God's spirit is rushing into Phoenix, Arizona, this valley. I believe his presence is going to come like a mighty rushing wave. And I want to be ready for it. Amen. I want to have my, my goggles on and my flippers on. And I, you know, I'm not a good swimmer. I will drown really quick. I will drown in the shower if the water runs the wrong way. I'm like, oh, I can't breathe in the shower. So I want to be ready for what Jesus is going to do. Amen. And I want to prepare this church. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to get minded about the kingdom of God in our life. Amen. So before I go any further, I want to wish Pastor Paul a happy birthday. <laughs> He's so shy about his birthday, and I call him my younger brother. He, I, he is my younger brother, but I called him an old man today. <laughs> but he reminded me quickly that I was older than him, so it's okay. I'm the better looking one. It's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love Pastor Paul, and give it up one more time for him holding down the church for us. Appreciate it. I heard wonderful things, and boy, it's just so great when you know you just have a man of God, right? Just picking up where, when I can go away. So, and we have every ball. Our pastors and elders are awesome. But let's get right into the word tonight. I have a little bit of time with you all, and I'm, my topic tonight is called Radiating God's Glory. Learning to tap into the presence of God in your life, in your personal relationship with God, where you are radiating His glory. You know, we're coming into a time in the kingdom of God where I believe that the Holy Spirit is not playing games. Not that he ever has been, but sometimes there's seasons in the kingdom of God, and there's been seasons where we could get away with a little bit more. There's a season where maybe God is quiet in our life, but I believe the Lord is starting to mess things up a little bit. I think the Lord wants us to get uncomfortable in this season of our life, and that's going to require us to go into his presence Monday through Saturday. 
and not just rely on Sunday anymore to be that get us through, that kind of kicker to get us excited. And I think the danger zone and where I really want to safeguard our church in is that we don't have a, a spirit of familiarity touch our heart and our life, that we're so familiar with the presence of God that we're really running away from his presence. Because you can go through the emotions and you can come to church and have really good church and we can have really good praise and worship and we thank God for that, amen. But that does not radiate his glory. His glory is found in his presence in a personal relationship with him. And we're taking our leadership team away in July, our team people that run, help run the church to a, uh, a, re- a retreat away so we can spend time together. We're going to be talking a lot about that, that we don't become familiar with the presence of the Lord in our life, that we're not hearing his voice of conviction, that we're not hearing his voice of prodding and obedience, and that we're not just having this code of religiosity that we feel good about our life, and we're not being led by the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? How many want to be uncomfortable with Jesus? I would rather have the Holy Spirit in my business making me uncomfortable than me sliding through this thing and missing the greatest movement that God's about to launch here on earth, amen? And this is why I feel an unction to prepare you for what God's about to do, amen? How many want God's glory in your life? And I'm going to tell you something, God's glory is not for you just to shine and look good and be shine bright like a diamond, everybody. God's glory is so that the world can see his power, and that the world can see his anointing. When you've been in God's presence and you radiate his glory wherever you go, people's lives are going to be changed. And we need to have this this thing in our life looking behind us and wondering, is anybody following me into Jesus? Is there anybody sitting next to me in church that I've shared the gospel of Jesus Christ and they got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and their life transformed through discipleship? It's not enough just to come to church and get good church anymore. We now have to be workers of the kingdom of God. It's time to give away what God has given us, amen? And he doesn't want it to give us away through empty vessels. He wants us to be poured up with his glory. You can't give away a prophetic word to someone else when you haven't been in God's presence and been refreshed with his glory. You can't give hope and healing away when you've been disappointed and broken and you haven't got in God's presence and learned to forgive and learn to let go and learn to trust God. See, when you're in his glory and in his presence, you're willing to let all those things go. And, you know, there's a situation that came into my life a few weeks ago, and it was troubling, and it was concerning to me. And I walked right into this sanctuary, and I said, and it was, you ever have those things that just trouble your soul? It's like you just can't shake it. It's just troubling you. And I walked in this sanctuary, and I said, Lord, I'm not leaving this sanctuary until I feel your peace. Until you visit me, I'm not leaving. Why? Because I need to hear the voice of God in clarity. I need to know where God's taking me, and I can't be clouded with all the distractions of the devil trying to worry me or trouble my soul. So I walked and prayed probably for about 30 minutes just praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, because I didn't want the troublesome of my soul to block what God was about to do in my life, block what God was about to do in this church. See, the enemy will set a trap in your life right before you're about to step into the greatness of the season you're called to. And we've got to learn to get in God's glory, get off the phone, get off the Facebook, and get your face in his book, amen? Get in the presence of God, get the glory of God, get the word of God, get the word of God in your own soul for yourself, set yourself free, amen, and put up your big straps and be mature in Christ Jesus and say, I'm going to walk in who God's called me to be this year. We have six months left in this year. Let's win somebody to Jesus. Let's show the power of God in this lost and dying world. I dare you to lay hands on somebody that says that they're sick or have an ailment in their body. I double dog dare you. You ever seen the Christmas story where, you know, I I dare you to stick your tongue on that icy pole. I double dog dare you. He didn't just double dog dare me, did it? How can you turn down a double dog dare, amen? It's time to get radical for Jesus. It's time to do something for God, amen? And it's gonna come by us being filled up with his glory in our private life. All right, knowing what the Bible says is so important in your life, right? But our Christianity should not be defined by how much we know. See, what God's called you to do is not defined by how much word you have in this church because you know what? We're a word church. You all have a lot of word of God in you. And what you're called to do does not define how much word you have on the inside of you. It's what you do with the word of God that's inside of you. 
It's time for us to stop being just hearers of the word and begin to do doers of the word of God. Amen. The true image of who you are is going to come through that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Your Christianity is not defined by church. It is defined by your intimate relationship with Jesus. We have to be so careful that you come in and have a good church. I went to a conference. I had a good conference, but that conference stayed right there in St. Louis. I had to come back, and I have to tap into Jesus today. I have to tap into Jesus today, tomorrow, and the next day. Why? Because who I am defined in Christ is by my personal relationship with him. Listen, church, we've got to get uncomfortable. Say, Lord, put those new wineskins on me. Don't let me be comfortable because life has been good and God has been good. Let him make you uncomfortable to drive you into his presence, amen, so that you can find that renewed relationship with Jesus Christ. When you are having that intimate relationship with God, you have direct and unlimited access to him. Direct and unlimited access to him. Monday through Friday, Saturday, whatever you're going through, do not wait to come to church. Lift up your voice to God in the moment that thing troubles your heart. And if you don't have any words to say, begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Because when you are tapping into God, you're tapping into his glory. And somebody that's been in the presence of God, God begins to transform you in his presence with his glory. You have a troubled mind, get into his presence. He will ease that troubled mind. You're dealing with depression and suicide thoughts. Get into the presence of God. Begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Get in your car and drive for an hour if you gotta and pray in tongues and shout glory unto God and get that thing behind you because one moment in the presence of God will shift the trajectory of what you're going through. We got to quit talking it to our sisters and brothers. We got to quit wringing our hands in the midnight hour wondering what we're going to do. We got to tap into Jesus. Amen. Get rid of the religion. The religiosity will tell you you're okay. But a relationship, God, will trouble your heart. A relationship with God will convict you. A relationship with God will give you a sensitivity to someone at your job who needs to know the love of God in their life, to pray for them, to present the gospel, to show who God is when you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, amen? And then you begin to pray for that person and the presence of God will show up where you're at and allow his power to be demonstrated, amen? Direct this uh, relationship with God, this intimacy helps you deal with every issue in your life. Every issue that you're going through can be healed by the presence of God. Not a religious experience. Let's turn off our TVs. Let's get out of Netflix. And there's seasons for, hey, I love my, I love some good series, y'all. You know that, but when there's a troublesome of your soul, it is time to get in the glory of God. It is time to put on our worship music and allow God to begin to speak to our hearts and our minds and allow the healing, calming of God to come over our soul, amen? When you are in the glory of God and you are in his presence and you're tapping into that anointing, you are unstoppable for what God can do in your life. You are unbeatable by the enemy. When you know the glory of God and you know how to get in his presence, the devil has to flee in a hundred directions. You don't even have to bind him. He's already bound. All you have to do is get into God's glory and worship him and praise him and thank him and shout glory and speak in tongues and walk in faith. And you'll walk out of that, whatever your car or your shower, and the glory of God is going to shine all around you. People are going to walk up and say, what is it about you that's different? The Bible says that they'd walk up and say, what must I do to be saved? The church needs to begin to look like the church, amen? We need to look like we've been in God's presence. We need to look like we've been in God's word. We need to talk like we've been in God's word. We need to radiate the glory of God, amen? Enough playing, church. Let's be the church. This is a Sunday message, y'all. Just kidding. You guys are awesome, and I know God wants to do something through your life, amen? And it's time for us to get into his presence. Many people mistake a familiar, familiarity with Christian principles and mechanics for a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? However, this does not reveal what he is truly like as a person. You won't know who God is until you sit down with him one-on-one alone. 
till you get in his presence one-on-one. And when you do, his nature will be shown to you. You will know that he is a good God, and he loves you, and he forgives you, and he'll break that generational curse. Maybe your father's father, father had all that crap. The church setting is not going to do that. It's that relationship with God, that intimacy with the Father. Let's not become so familiar with how we do church and mistake that for how I really walk with Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, listen, I'm a preacher. I have to guard that in my own personal walk with God. I can mistake this right here, studying for a lesson, as my personal relationship with Jesus, but I can't. I have to walk in this door when I'm troubled. I have to get in here at church when Titus ain't here because I'm going to shout and scream a little bit. And usually if he's here, I end up in here, right? Because I need to get in his glory where I can find healing and hope in a time of need, amen? And when he sets you free, you're free indeed, amen? When you are in his presence, you don't struggle anymore. So let me give you the end of that story. I'm walking and praying, 35 minutes in, still feeling the trouble. I'm not being religious because, hey, I put 35 minutes in. God should have done something, right? Uh Uh-uh. I said, I need you, God. I need you to show up today. I'm not walking out that door carrying whatever I'm frustrated or scared about. And finally, I just threw my hands up, just like when I took this church, and I said, God, this situation is yours. It is not mine. It doesn't belong to me. And I heard the Lord say this, just so quiet. After 45 minutes in, I finally was able to listen. He said, do you trust me? I'm like, yes. At the end of the day, God, I trust you. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know where you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way, but I trust you, God, that you have my best in mind, that you have your kingdom in mind, that you want my joy to be full. You want it to remain in me according to your word. And I went just like this. And I went on my vacation happy, y'all. I went set free. It didn't trouble me one more second. Why? Because I got into his glory. I got into the position where he could answer what I was going through. I didn't need just a friend to pray me through. I needed the glory of God to deliver me, set me free so that I can walk and do what God's called me to do. Listen, you got to tap into God by yourself. you got to know who he is. The second you have that one intimate moment with him, you can't wait to run into his glory. You can't wait to find a private time with God. You'll go in any closet if it's far enough away from somebody. And you may just, you know, privately just, you know, cry out to God really soft. But when you're desperate for God, you'll be driven to his glory. Amen? All right, so there's a communication that happens with Jesus and his glory talked about that, praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, getting back to your Bible, reading the Word of God again, and I don't mean just your daily devotion. I'm talking about getting in God's Word, getting your journal out again. We are in June. We're in the middle of the year where things can get a little, you know, we just start letting things go. Let's get hungry for the rest of this year. Let's not get comfortable. Get back in communication with God, amen? When you get in communication with God, that's the point where he begins to change us and we begin to radiate the glory of God. And it will allow others to see the glory of God when they look at you. See, evangelism will become easy when you've been in his presence. Praying for someone will come easy when you've been in his presence. You ever just had that one week where you just, you've gotten the word and you had some good prayer time. You feel like Popeye the sailor man. Pop, pop, pop. You're like eating your spinach, right? You could take the devil on. Why? Because you've been in his glory. There's nothing like his glory, amen, and his presence. And we can get so busy and we have to backtrack a little bit, slow down a little bit and get into the presence of the Lord where he can speak to you. We're praying for witty inventions and business ideas. That's where they come. I already have another business idea. I was flying on that plane. I got another idea. I shared it with Pastor Jenny tonight. Why? Because I want money for the kingdom of God, not my own wealth, but to do something for Jesus, amen, so that we're not tied by this dumb thing called manna. Manna, mammon, mammon, right? It's mammon. 
Right? We don't need to be distracted by that. We need to be in his presence, and we will attract the favor of God. We'll attract the wisdom of God. We'll attract the witty inventions. God will give us his word in, his private, in our private times with him. All right, number one, knowing God moves us into a position when we begin to express his glory. What is it? The word of God will press you into God's glory. Let's open up to Hebrews 1, verse 3. And I have it in the English Standard Version tonight. And it says this, Hebrews 1, verse 3. You got it there, sis? He is the radiance of the glory of God. Who is? Jesus. He is the radiance of the glory of God. So the word, Jesus was the word, right? In the word, Jesus is the word. He is the word of God. So in Jesus, the word is what? The radiance Thank you. He is the radiance of the glory of God. So when you are in the word of God into Jesus, he radiates the glory of God in your life. So the more that you're in the word, you become the reflection of who God is. It's not about religion that you need to get through a little devotional for the day, feel a little spiritual nugget. No, I need to radiate the purpose of God. I'm gonna face my plant in this thing till I get a revelation from it. I'm going to read the word until a truth comes out of the word of God. I'm going to get my face into the word until the generational behavior is severed from my soul. Then I'm going to get a revelation. You need to be so hungry for the freedom of Christ that this is the only thing you crave until you're set free. Why? Because it radiates the glory of God. And it's going to be a muscle that needs to be worked out. It is not enjoyable at first. It is hard to get into, and it can be boring, and it can sound like Charlie Brown's school teacher. But the more that you get into it, it's living and powerful, and it is the glory of God. And that word will radiate truth to your heart and your soul. And you may be sitting there tonight and thinking, oh, I've done it. I don't think God would ever show me anything. It's not true. The word of God is living. It's powerful than a two-edged sword. This is not just a good old book. It is the glory of God on pages. You need some hope, it's right here. You need some joy, it's right here. I guarantee you, if your tank is low, your word level is low. If your faith is low, your word level is full. Not about religion, about relationship. This is how I know God. This is how I know he functions. This is how I know he sets free. You may be reading the word of God and it tucks into your heart and you walk by somebody at your job and all of a sudden the Lord brings that scripture verse and says, that's for them, tell them right now. But if you don't have that word in your heart with the glory of God, you have nothing to give away to a lost and dying world. You come to church every Sunday and become consumers instead of distributors. Give me more, Pastor Barb. Make me feel good. Give me deep revelation. You're not doing anything with what you got. Why should I go deeper? Amen? Let's take a little bit of the simple part of the word, which is actually the most powerful part of the word. It says, he who wins souls is wise. You want to be blessed? Win somebody to Jesus. Begin to disciple them. Be accountable to the word and begin to share the word. Your life will change forever. Amen? Why? Because now you're tapping into the purpose of God here on earth. Let's keep going. He, the word, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. The word of God is the exact imprint of the nature of God. When you're reading the word, he is implanting into you his nature. When you're in the word of God, you don't feel condemned. You don't feel unworthy. You don't feel like you're so far away. You don't feel like um, you're not spiritual enough. When you're in the word of God, he's imprinting his nature on the inside of you, that you are an overcomer. You are victorious. You are the head and not the tail, amen? You can overcome. Greater is he that's with you than he that's in the world. It is the imprint of God that makes us an overcomer. It's his nature. But you think, well, I come to church and I know the nature of God. No, you don't. Corporate dating, you never know intimacy. You don't know someone until you sit down with them and you get around them a little bit. We got to get hungry for God's word again. Let's just bring it back into our life. Amen? I know we wane away. It's so easy. Let's bring that principle back into our life, the presence of God, where we're getting our notebook out and we're getting the revelation 
from the word of God. You ever been around somebody who has an accent? And then you've been around them a minute, and then you start talking like them. I am horrible at that. I can go to the South, and I'll just get around all those Southern, and I'll come, hey, y'all, what's going on? You know, I'm just saying Jesus is so good. I, like, pick up this. I take on the nature of that person. You know, married people that's been married a long time, they start looking alike. You're like, yeah, I look like brother and sister, you know? <laughs> Some of y'all wishing it didn't happen, but it did. Right? Why? Because the more you're around someone, you take on their nature. The more you're around God, you're on fire. The more you're around worship, you're excited and you're passionate and you're encouraged and you walk with joy and you are contagious. Amen? Whatever used to trouble you, you walk right through it. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is like a cape all around you. And trouble has to fall by its side when you are walking every day. Fear, anxiety, debt. None of that matters when you are in the glory of God. All is well. God is taking care of it. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. God is God and he sits on the throne. Amen. He's making a way where there seems to be no way. So where you are in his glory you begin to radiate the peace of God. I don't know how she's going through that, but man, look at her. Man, that thing should have taken them out and taken their life away, but look at them loving God anyway. That's your testimony, many of you in this room. Why? The glory of God. Let's not forget that and get outside of his glory and in our own comfort and get away from why we're where we're at today. Remember why you've been set free. Remember why you got that promotion. Remember why you got that business opportunity. Remember why your marriage was restored. Remember the why. It was when you were in his glory. Because it's okay to get in his glory when you're in that first love. You're like, ooh. Remember when you first fall in love? You're like, ooh, he's so cute. Like he just barely touches your hand. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Now you're like, get off of me. Don't touch me. I'm in no mood tonight. Right? Because when we get into God's glory at first, it's wonderful, and we know his love, and we experience his goodness, and then it becomes a little rough, and we get comfortable, we get familiar with him, right? And we just put him right in the back seat instead of putting him in the front seat where he's always belonged. And what happens when you put him in the back seat, you're only running with your own ambitions, your own ideas, and your own fears, and you've forgotten why you're where you're at. Put God back in the front seat, everybody. Actually, put him right in front of the hood. Make him the Mercedes emblem. <laughs> or Lexus or Jaguar. Did you say that, Debbie? Oh, like, dang, Debbie, that's awesome, girl. Jaguar. What's the one that's got a Bentley? Right? Put Jesus right in front again. And say, I'm going to keep my eyes on you, Jesus. Why? Put that scripture back up, sweetheart, because he's the exact imprint of why I'm where I'm at. Amen. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. If he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got the whole world. Y'all afraid? If I can sing, y'all can sing. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bitty in his hands. He's got the little bitty babies in his hands. He's got the little bitty babies in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen. He's holding the universe up. Whatever is troubling you, he's holding it above your heads with what? His word. He is holding your fear up, holding rejection up, holding abandonment up, whatever it is. You are not even walking among it. But when you're in his presence, you can walk right through it because you can see God lifting up those things that are troubling your heart. And you're like, hey, hey, you like that dance, that wedding dance. You just walk on through with joy. Why? Because my daddy's got the whole world in his hands. My daddy has the bills, the troubles, the rejection, the fear. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to trouble my soul. I can have his glory radiate, still share love, still give love away, still give hope away. Why? Because I am in his glory. But when you're on the outside, you are going to be filled with the fear and the anxiety and everything that you see with your natural eye. Amen. Let's get back under the blanket of Christ in our life. Amen. 
All right, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's like, I'm done, y'all. It's good. It is done. It is over. I've settled your bill. Trust me. Trust me. And that's when fear can truly wane from your, from your heart, when you truly trust God in all things. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's open up to John 14. Let me give you 9 through 14. Jesus said to him, talking to Philip, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? See, Jesus walked with them all this time, but he still didn't know Jesus. Coming to church and worshiping does not make you know Jesus. Know his nature and how to be an overcomer. That comes through an intimate relationship with Jesus. Anybody know a hypocrite in your life? We could all raise our hands. Like, do both hands. My feet could go up in the air. I went to a Christian school, right? Right, because that doesn't make you know Jesus. You know me when you're intimate with me. He said, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Jesus is what? The Word. So he's saying, if you see the Word, you see the nature of my Father. So if you have a trouble with God, you're not seeing his Word. Because if you've seen his Word, you've seen the Father. And when you see the Father, you know he's holding everything up in the hands, his universe. I can walk in peace. But we're not in his word. The word upholds the truth. Amen? The word. is that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That means I can, if I'm worried about things, I know God's got everything under control. Verse 10, do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The word that I speak to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Verse 12, right after that, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, right, the word, you're seeing God, the works that he, the works that I do, he will do also, so we're talking about coming into his glory, radiating his presence, right? So that when I see what Jesus did, he said, you're going to do them also. So can you see why the world and the devil wants to keep you out of the presence of God so that you don't radiate the glory of God, you don't see God in control of the situation, and you do no works for the kingdom of God? And we've become a church that becomes a happy church, but really doing no power for God. You need a great work, it's the glory of God. It's the word of God. He said, not only the works that I do, greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. See, you're called to do great works in your life. You're called to have signs, wonders, and miracles through your hands. You're called to cast out devils in your life. You're called to lay hands on the lame people and command them to rise up and walk in Jesus' name. This is what God has called this church to walk into in this next season, is the miraculous. And not just here at this altar, the highways and the byways. You want to see this church get on fire? When you are sharing the power of God in a lost and dying world, they're going to run to the church. Filling the church will not be the problem. Showing the glory of God is the problem. I, I want to go deeper into God's glory this year. And not by works, but because he has done it already for me. There's that opportunity. There was a lady sitting next to me on the plane. She had arthritis so bad, her hands were twisted so she couldn't even, both of them. And I just said, God, I wish I had boldness to just lay hands on her and cast that spirit out of her. See her rise up and walk. And yet I felt a sense of insignificance in, in, in sitting there next to her. And I walked away so grieved. I said, God, I want to be in that place that even if it doesn't work, that I have the boldness to say in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. 
And who knows in that moment, God will meet us right there in that moment. We have to be so kingdom-minded that the world needs to see the glory of God. He's not coming back again. He gave his glory to us, and that's why he said greater works you will do because you're going to do it, and you're going to do it, and you're going to do it. We're all going to 500 people that attend this church. Can you imagine us going to this city and sharing the glory of God to radiate? You want to talk about revival? You want to talk about church growth? It isn't going to be a plan and a maneuver and let's build this. And No, it's going to be built on the glory of God. That's the kind of church growth I like and I want. Makes life so much easier, doesn't it? That they're already being touched out there and we're bidding them to come. And that's why God is calling us into his presence even right now. Verse 13 says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified. See, God wants to answer your prayers. God wants to give you the miracles, but it's going to come by coming into his glory. Amen? Let's flip over really quick. I have a few more minutes. Luke chapter 9 says this, verses 28 through 29. Now it came to pass about the eighth day, about eight days after these sayings, that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. This is Jesus. He took the three up to pray. Verse 29, and as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. When you are in the presence of God, you will be transformed on the outside. How many of you have ever seen your pictures before Christ? And then you see the one after, you're like, redeemed, thank you, Jesus. Not redeemed, right? That's the glory of God. Amen? The more you're in his presence and in, in worship and the word, the more you'll begin to radiate. Something on the outside changes in your life. God's already in you, but now his glory is coming up out of you, around you. People are going to feel your love. They're going to be drawn to you. They're going to want hope and answers. They're going to want deliverance in their life. Amen? And it's going to become by us going into the presence of God. So listen, when you get in the word, take off the religion and know it's relationship. And every page that you read, I'm, that's another radiation of God. I'm taking on the glory of God, amen? Taking on the presence of God in my life. Verse 28 and 29. Okay, I want to um, go over here really quick. Um, I want to talk briefly about God's presence that we have to be very careful that we're not run by charisma. Because charisma can be very deceiving. Charisma attracts people to themselves. Attracts people, I should say. Very outgoing, very passionate. But charisma cannot be mistaken for character. Charisma is how high can you jump and you can talk the right talk and you know how to make it look good. But character is that personal relationship with Jesus. That's walking through the brokenness even when nobody else is looking. That's doing the right thing when you know you should do the right thing when no one else is looking. See, charisma is when you first get saved, yes, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden temptation comes, and I can't run by charisma. I have to run by my character in Christ. My character chooses to be integrous. My character chooses not to steal and cheat. My character, character chooses to not look at pornography. That's the character of God. That's the relationship with God. So charisma can shout and shout, but the glory of God now shines the character of God. Because remember, he's the imprint. So when you are with him, he begins to change that imprint. He changes your nature. He says, come as you are, but the imprint of who he is will begin to change you. Amen? So what's done in privately is the character that you've learned privately. Amen? and the choices that you make privately with God, being honest with God. All right, I want to go over to 2 Corinthians, really quick, 3, verses 17 through 18. It says this, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So whatever you're going through, you have a bondage in your mind, you have something you're troubled with, that's not liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? In his glory. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? In the word. That's where you get your freedom from, amen? Goes on to say, but we all with unveiled face 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So what is God doing? When you go into his presence now, you have an unveiled face. That means if you need God, you can come freely and boldly into his presence. Remember, in the Old Testament, the veil separated us from the presence of God, right? There was no uh, freedom in Christ. There was no getting into his presence. when I had to go through the tabernacle, give my sacrifice, do my incense of blessings, say these prayers, and then the priest had to go for me, right? That's the works of the law. So we have to be careful that when I'm getting in the word and I'm doing these things and I'm fasting and praying, that is not works. It's relationship, right? So what did God do when Jesus died on the cross? What did the Bible says? He cried out, it is finished. And what happened? The veil tore from top to bottom. It rent in two, the Bible says. Now the veil, when you, when you study it out, was probably at least 30 feet tall and was probably about four inches thick, they say, that four horses couldn't drag that, that um, veil away. So when that veil was rent, it was rent by the presence of God. It was not a little curtain that just veiled. It was religion. It was addiction. It was a performance. Everything that you think gets you somewhere in, in God was tore away so that you can have an unveiled face to come in his presence as a relationship. I don't do this to get that. I get this to have the freedom of Christ. I get the word of God. I don't have to have religion anymore. I can have relationship with Jesus every moment of the day that I need him. I can get up at midnight and go in my living room and cry out to God and allow his peace to come into my soul. Amen. You don't have to work for the presence of God. God tore it down, ripped it, shredded it up so that you could have freedom today. And yet we stay outside of his glory. We don't take that one moment a day to get into his presence, to hear his voice. Amen. God freely gave you his presence with no religion, right? What keeps us out of his presence? I'm just asking you tonight, what is keeping you away from his glory? Are you too busy, too preoccupied, too discouraged, disappointed? There's something that's keeping you away from God's presence, and you need to identify it and say, God, I'm not going to let that hold me back anymore. I'm going to come boldly to your throne of grace and mercy. And I may have been in the world and messed up, and I may have made a mistake, but I can come freely to your presence, and I can be filled with the radiance of your glory and your peace and your joy in my life. The Bible says he's not a respecter of persons. There is not one person more special in the room that you can go to his glory than one other person. We all have free access. The sanctuary is open Monday through Thursday, 8 to 4.30. You can come anytime. Walk and pray in this sanctuary. Amen? You have a place to go. There's a place to go. Be driven to the house of God to pray. I want to read this in 2 Corinthians in the NLT version. I thought it was so powerful. It said this, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. Every one of you have had that veil removed. Now you can see and you can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. You want to break that ha habit, that pattern? Go into his presence. His glory is the only thing that changes you. His presence is the only thing that makes you more into the glory of God. If you're struggling with things, go into his presence, amen? And then you have the rest of the time to find the freedom and enjoy life. I'm going to close with this story very quickly, Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to pray and let y'all get out of here. It says this, now God who worked, no, excuse me, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, right? Unusual miracles, say unusual, unusual miracles, hard to say, which was eyes being open, right? Demons being cast out, lame, walking, un usual miracles. We don't see those in America right now, do we? But Paul was walking in those so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. 
handkerchiefs because of the radiant glory of God was sent to people who weren't able to make it to him. And they were healed and delivered because of the glory of God. This is the time we are living in the church. It is time to get excited. It's time to get in his glory so that we can give that glory away. Amen? Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, listen, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They didn't say we exercise you in the name of Jesus, the authority I've been given, but they seen the authority of the name of Jesus working, and they said, we're going to cast out demons by, by his name, by the name that he uses, right? By who Paul preaches, not, listen, the Jesus that I know. So you can't go to the world and try to give something away that's been Pastor Barb's relationship. That's been maybe Quinn's relationship. Well, I'm going to go, and because she said this word, I'm going to do it. No, you have to know the Jesus that you serve. You have to know the name and the power and the relationship and the glory of God on your own because the devil will know the difference. Verse 14, also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered, right? Here's these people who are, are trying to claim the name of Jesus. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. This is the devil. Hey, I know Jesus because he's all power and authority. He's God sent by man. He knew that. And Paul I know. Why? Because Paul knows the radiant glory of God. But he said, but who are you? You talk about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. I don't see his glory in your life. His, your life. I don't see his power. You don't radiate what Paul and Jesus radiates. Who are you? See, so you want to go to the world and you really want to see the world set free, you've got to know Jesus for yourself. You've got to know his power, his authority, and his word. Amen? And I know you do. And this is the tool to do it, is the word of God. Because then you can go with all authority and know that, hey, I could have laid hands on that woman and I should have and trusted God and his word no matter what it looked like. That's the church we need to become, amen? That's the church I'm going to drive by the Holy Spirit to become because we need to see these miracles happen in our life. Verse 16, I'll just, I won't even read it from here, but you know what happened? Those demon spirits uh, attacked those two men and beat them mercilessly in the house. So much so, okay, let's just read it. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. That's like a major Marvel movie right there. You see slow motion, the kick, can't imagine. Those demons knew that they had no power and authority and they beat them up and took them down and they ran in fear. You got to know who you are, amen? And when you know who you are and whose you are, you can walk boldly in the world. Tell that devil to get out of your life, out of your children, out of your marriage and take the authority who God's called you to be, amen? You have all power and all authority. And remember, it's not by religious works, it's by relationship with Jesus. Let's be hungry for God's word, okay? Get our notebooks out, just like the 21-day fast. Get it back out. Get your prayer language going again. Amen? Set, a set aside time with the Lord And this next season. And I guarantee you, your next season is going to be so full of joy and purpose because you're doing why we're called here on earth. And that's winning the lost. And that's demonstrating the power of God. That's what his church should look like. The American church is so far away from what we should look like. And we're doing church, and we have to do church, and we have to have systems in play. But when the Holy Spirit takes over, bishops always said this, it's like controlled chaos. And we want God to take over, don't we? We want to be vessels for the kingdom of God in our life, where there's joy and purpose. Amen? Let's go ahead and close our eyes. Father, I thank you today for this amazing church. I thank you, God, for even what you're birthing and awakening even on the inside of my own spirit. Lord, we just refuse to settle and be comfortable. 
We're going to put on our spiritual boots, Father God. We're going to put on our discernment in our life, and we're not going to be comfortable. We're going to resist being comfortable, Father God. Make us uncomfortable, Father God. Draw us to the Word of God again. Draw us to intimacy with you again. Draw us to our relationship. Let us dine with you, Father God. Trouble our hearts for the things that trouble you, Lord. Let us have ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Let this be a church on earth that you've called it to be, not by man's ways, but Holy Spirit, by your freedom and by your power and by your demonstration. Is anyone here tonight who needs to make things right with the Lord? Now would be the time. Anybody watching this show later, just anything you need to get right with the Lord, we're going to repent of it. We're not going to hide it any longer. We're not going to be comfortable in our sin any longer, but Lord, we're going to repent of those things. And we're going to get it out of our hearts so we can walk in your glory and in your presence. I want everyone just to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me for being comfortable, for being familiar, and maybe losing my spark and my fire for you. I repent of everything in my life I receive your forgiveness, your grace, your love, your power. Give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say in Jesus' name. With all eyes closed tonight, if you're here tonight and you made some things right with the Lord and you got some things in alignment, just lift your hands up all over this room. You just thank you. There's just hands everywhere. All of us, I know, could just do better in our personal relationship with the Lord. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I pray a releasing of the Holy Spirit over every household, over every home, over every marriage. I declare, declare freedom of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We bind up every workings of the enemy, any foul play, any evil agenda to loose their hearts and their minds in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father God, we cover everyone with the blood of the Lamb. Get us on fire. Get us excited. Make us passionate for the world and for the lost, Father God. Give us spiritual dreams and interpretation. We declare that we will walk in signs, wonders, and miracles according to your word in the name of Jesus. This church has been dedicated and set apart for your kingdom purposes, Father God. And we will follow you. We will obey you. We will honor you. Father God as you are the head of this church and you are guiding and directing us and we thank you for that in Jesus precious name everyone said amen give the Lord a great big praise tonight Woo! I know I went a little longer than normal on a Wednesday night but I just wanted to get that word out to y'all go ahead and stand to your feet Love you all so much. Can't wait for Sunday, Father's Day. Come on out. Bring your fathers with you, uh, grandpas with you. We're going to have donuts with dad, I guess, and some coffee and, of course, the Word of God. Amen. Love you all so much. Have a great night, and we'll see you on Sunday. God bless you.